For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barrios y presidente de esa mejor cerveza. Y 818 es el mejor tequila. Y Sons of Johnny LeMasters son el mejor button. <laughs> No abate por No Filter Network, Miguelito San Dieguito, a.k.a. Bobby Ball. Not with us this morning, but dead or alive, job or no job, we properly salute him. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful, and when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. A very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you. Hopefully, my audio is popping right now, but not like it was snap, crackle, and popping yesterday as I went back and watched the show. So, uh, anyhow. We have uh, the chat firing. RJ, what's up, dude? I know I got Giuseppe Pepe Manuele all over the uh, audio connection this morning, as well as my wife, the lovely Miss Tara. So anyhow, uh, today is the 31st of August, 2023. And of course, we are sponsored by 818 Tequila, along with KT Tape. Yes, our brand new sponsors with the skin prep wipes to go along with the Pro Oxygen uh, Tape, which is next level for the serious athletes. But if you're concerned about your package, which we all should be, we have the Chase Safe. So keep that at the forefront of everything. And for those who like to bang the trails, there's no question about it. You got to have the blister prevention tape. So here is what the new tape actually looks like. Just sent to me. Hot off the press or wherever else you would make these things. Look at them. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous with the lines in them. I'm thinking of firing some on my shoulder today. I'm now on a, what, 16 or 17-day pickleball streak, which I've been absolutely uh, enjoying that. And when you find a way to basically suck at something and that freshness of being a beginner, I learned 
what that was like when I got into triathlon, when I first got done playing baseball. And the triathlon led to the ultra running, which led to other extreme adventures that included try across the country, the 24-hour world record of golf. But the whole concept and idea of daring to suck is everything. That is one of our main purposes as human beings is to go ahead and learn and continue to learn and continue to charge. That's what gives us meaning and purpose in our lives. Now, look, is it fun? Yeah, not always. Is it comfortable? Fuck no. It's not comfortable at all. But the gains that we're able to make in a rapid amount of time are amazing. So to think about where Biscuit and I were, say, two months ago, before we really started playing, I mean, we were just like, hey, get the ball over the net, get the ball over the net. And then pretty soon, it was like, okay, we have some ground strokes, right? I, I got a nice slice backhand. Let me try a two-hand backhand right here. And I was getting in the groove of it. My serve still wasn't great. Past few days, I've gone out. I'm like, let me get a little, a little more up into it. Let me hit that back corner. And so the development of that, it's been fun. I had a paddleboarding. I've never been into paddleboarding. I don't know why. I mean, it's, I, I love paddleboarding. I've always enjoyed it, but I've never done it. And I never really got into it. And then I started looking for a board and borrowed our boy Jesse's board. Really kind of got a feel for that. And then went out the other day and bought my own board. And so it's been a joy. We got on the lake uh, yesterday morning, but we're probably going to bring these things back to Half Moon Bay. They have the Inner Harbor right there. But again, like something else that I didn't feel super comfortable on a paddleboard at all, but I pushed through it. So this has been the summer of new things between the pickle and the paddle. Fun facts, August 31st, be a greatteacher.com. No matter how you feel, get up, dress up, and show up. I like that. Regina Brett. Joke of the day. What did August say when June claimed that today is the last day of the month? Don't you lie to me. Random fact of the day. Each king in a deck of playing cards represents a great king from history. Clubs. I did not know this. Alexander the Great. Spades. King David, Diamonds, Julius Caesar, and Hearts, Charlemagne. And the worst thing you did during the month of August. Oh, yeah, this is the last day of the month. Let's start with the best. I would say through the month of August the best thing that I did was mm, 
Pickleball? Does that work? The worst thing that I did in the month of August. Oh, man. I don't know. The snap crackle pop show from yesterday. I just hate that. I hate when I don't come on here and spend whatever time it is, right? 30 to 60 minutes. Slaughter a show. And now I, you guys should know and understand, like, once we get done with this, it then gets uploaded to all the platforms. And then we're able to cut them up for social media. And I thought I drilled a couple of segments. And one of them was the explanation on the catch that Matos did not make the other night for the San Francisco Giants in Alex Cobb's no-hitter. And so to go back and watch that with that... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit disheartening. So anyhow, uh, big stories, by the way. Uh, today, the big story today, I should say, Nebraska volleyball sets a world record for women's sports attendance. The crowded Nebraska match against Omaha on Wednesday night at Memorial Stadium set a world record as the largest for a women's sporting event. This was really, really fucking cool. And normally I would say gimmicky stuff like that I'm not super into, but just to think that Nebraska could show up like that and literally, like, on a drop of a dime, put 91,000 people in the seats and press it. So it says, the largest crowd to witness a women's sports event filled Memorial Stadium on Wednesday as 92,003 fans watched the five-time NC2A champion Nebraska volleyball team beat Omaha 3-0 after the Huskers won the first two sets the attendance record was announced to the red-clad Nebraska faithful who cheered wildly. On what was dubbed the Volleyball Day in Nebraska, the match was a culmination of months of planning for a program and a state that has long led the way in enthusiasm for the sport. The crowd at what is usually the home of Nebraska football broke the previous world record for women's sports attendance, which was 91,648 set on April 22nd, 2002 in Barcelona, Spain. And yes, I do say with the list, if anyone's ever met a Spaniard, you understand why. For a Champions League match between FC Barcelona and Wolfsburg. This was paid attendance too. Tickets for the doubleheader. Wayne State beat Nebraska Kearney in a Division II exhibition before the Huskers and Mavericks played were originally priced at $25 for adults and $5 for high school students or younger. But ticket prices reached as much as $400 on the secondary market. What the fuck? It's incredible. I don't have enough words to describe it. Nebraska middle blocker Andy Jackson said, we were walking out of the tunnel after the second set, and we heard on the speaker we had just broken the world record. Everyone was trying to stay locked in, but we were also so excited that I can't describe how grateful I am to be a part of it. The question is, what's Guinness there? Because if Guinness wasn't there, did it ever really happen? That was a point of contention with my first world record that I had, uh, which was the 12-hour world record of golf. And then for the 24-hour world record of golf, I definitely made sure 
that Guinness was there. It's tough to get him out there. Not cheap either. Uh, the competition stakes Wednesday weren't comparable to a World Cup final as the 2023 <laughs> college volleyball season just getting her way. And number five ranked Nebraska is 4-0. But the Nebraska program, the university and the state took the attendance competition seriously. Nebraska is known for its sellout streaks in football, 389, and volleyball, 306. Nebraska was also involved in the previous biggest crowd to see an NCAA women's volleyball match, 18,755 for the national championship match between the Huskers and Wisconsin on December 18th, 2021 at Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, so... <clears throat> Awesome. I mean, what a great way to show support for volleyball, show support for women's sports, and to think that you could get 92,000 people out to a stadium to watch that is just wild. Now, I had the honor and privilege to ride my bike through the state of Nebraska five years ago during the triathlon across America. And I will tell you that if I lived in the state of Nebraska, I too would have been at that volleyball game last night. Why? There's nothing fucking there. It was the flattest and fastest, by the way, ride going across the entire country. That's beautiful. Just cornfields and this and that. I mean, I like that. Rode right alongside a train track the entire time. So that was my entertainment. I'd be racing the train. But not a whole lot going on in the state of Nebraska. More than anything, though, what's life about? It's not about things. It's about people. And the Nebraska community and Nebraska faithful is as strong as any in our entire country. So just a really cool thing to see them do that. The images and pictures from ESPN, holy shit, man. When it got dark out and they started with the light show, it was breathtaking. So just something that I really enjoyed watching last night all right so i was reading this this morning about the odds for the mvp and in the american league you got shohei otani we got to believe is going to be a runaway winner in the national league it gets a little more interesting because you have Ronald Acuna Jr., who is putting up a historic season. He potentially could be the first guy to go 40-60, maybe even 40-70. It's just insane to think about what he's done and the success that he's been able to have. Now, right behind him, though, is Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has had an unbelievable August. And so looking at the numbers here, let's start with bets 
who is the underdog. Because if I have this right, let me get this up on the phone. According to this Fox article that I read this morning, they basically had, let's see here. They had Ronald Acuna as a favorite at minus 160. I mean, that's an astronomical number. And then you had Freddie Freeman at plus 1,200. Matt Olson at plus 10,000. And Mookie Betts was right behind Ronald Acuna at plus 110. But if you look at Freddie Freeman's numbers and you compare him to Betts and Acuna, he's right there. Like, there's no way you could discount Freddie Freeman and what he's been doing. And if you want to go by, I don't know, some standard statistics, Mookie Betts is 316, 36 homers. And has a, well, this is, this is where he excels above the other two. He has a 7.6 war. Crazy. 7.6. And then you have, let's see, Ronald Acuna, who has a 334 batting average, 29 homers, a 6.5 war. But listen to the statistics he leads Major League Baseball in right now. Plate appearances, 611. Runs, 119. Hits 178. Stolen bases, 61. And then caught stealing, 11. That's a big number, but who gives a shit when you're stealing 61? On base percentage, 416. So you add all that up, he's got a 982 OPS. Let's take a look at Freddie Freeman. Because Freddie has quietly put together a breathtaking, see, like 338 batting average, 25 home runs. He's got 178 hits himself. So he's tied with Acuna for hits. Ready for this number? He has 51 fucking doubles. 51! A 413 on base percentage. You back that up. He leads the league or MLB in total bases at 308. And his OPS is 998. So it's actually higher than Acuna's. This was a stat that got me about Freeman, though, that I was pretty shocked. He does not have 61 stolen bases, but he does have 17. And he's only been caught one time. So what I'm getting at is this. The best bet in Las Vegas right now would be Freddie Freeman at plus 1,200 to win the National League MVP. And this is what it would take. Acuna slumping in the final month of the season. And Mookie Betts going into a tailspin. Now, those who watch the Dodgers... I don't think any one of them would tell you that Mookie Betts is more valuable than Freddie Freeman. I, I, it's just, that wouldn't make any sense at all. So we'll see how the whole thing shakes up. They have Freeman at a six war. 
So basically, Freeman and Acuna are in the sixes on the war. They have Mookie Betts, and you know, just in the sevens. I still, I can't completely buy into that, just because Mookie Betts has ten fucking stolen bases. So where's he getting this extra value? Are you going to tell me it's base running? Is it outfield play? Freddie Freeman has got a 999 fielding percentage. Ronald Acuna runs shit down. Now, maybe Betts is a better outfielder than Acuna, but I don't know, dude. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why there would be so much discrepancy uh, at that point. Okay, uh, we are, of course, a life authorization podcast. And I came across this story the other day. I've been waiting to get into it. The number one trait you need to be more successful than most. It's the single most important differentiator. What do we think this is? Ready? Confidence really does breed success. According to a workplace and leadership expert, it's the key to making very impactful decisions in the workplace, even under pressure. It says Bonnie Lowe, Crayman, author of Staff Matters, People Focus Solutions for the Ultimate New Workplace. These soft skills has helped boost the career of many of today's successful leaders. Lowe Crayman adds from Apple's Tim Cook to Warren Buffett. Quote, confidence is serious business and the single most important differentiator in the workplace. Low Kramen wrote in her book, which published in February, it will be the person with the high confidence and lower abilities who will get the job over the person with the low confidence and the higher abilities. Building the trait takes time, she adds, but it's worth a worth the power feeling you get afterwards. Here are three actionable, I like this, ways to build your confidence. Number one, Stop apologizing unnecessarily. For many people saying, I'm sorry, after certain situations, even those that don't require an apology is second nature, but apologizing unnecessarily can backfire, lowering your self-esteem and make others think less of you. This is especially true for women. Women apologize far too often, and when we do, it indicates lower self-confidence, she writes. Replace I'm sorry with thank you. Rather than say I'm sorry, we need to reschedule the appointment. Say, thank you for working with my schedule. This approach comes off of, comes off as more assertive and makes your apologies more impactful when you use them in the right situations. Number two, perfect your speaking skills. Successful, successfully getting your message across can also boost your confidence, but it's hard to do that when you're rambling or talking too quietly. But my kids need to read this up immediately. Instead, slow it down, lower the pitch of your voice, and turn up the volume to be taken more seriously. Tuh, couldn't agree with that more. To speak quietly and too softly and at a high pitch sends a message of low confidence. It may communicate that you just want to get a conversation over with and that your message is not worth hearing. Speaking publicly may be more difficult as it is one 
of the most anxiety-inducing workplace skills of them all. 15% to 30% of people actively fear it, found a 2016 study published in the Journal of Graduate Medical Education. In these cases, leadership research, Simone Sinek, he's fucking brilliant, by the way, has a simple hack for easing your mind. Quote, what I've learned to do is interlock my fingers and hold my hands still, he told Adam Grant's Rethinking podcast in a recent episode. Huh. Holding his hands closed helps him speak more slowly without devoting too much focus to it, allowing him instead to pay more attention to the conversation he said. The wonderful psychology connection has really helped me be heard and understood by people who think differently than I do, Sinek said. The third one here. All right, so these are all three things. No, I don't want to hit that. All three things that can help us with the conference. So number one was stop apologizing. Number two is perfect your speaking skills. And number three, achieve your goals. Huh. Yes. Actually doing something you set out to can have a huge positive impact on your self-esteem and confidence. The process of deciding to do something such as to study for and gain a certification or a degree is a quantifiable achievement that no one can dispute or take away. Real estate mogul Barbara Cochran experienced that firsthand in 1973, early in her entrepreneurship journey. She recognized that all competitors looked the part. Cochran then set a goal to buy a fancy coat when she made enough money from her real estate brokerage, allowing her to also uphold a similar appearance. She didn't expect to reach her goal during the first week of business, but with her commission check in tow, Cochran brought in the most expensive coat of Bergdorf Goodman, a $320 wool coat with a black and white print. The accomplishment significantly boosted her confidence, she said in a recent TikTok video. My new coat made me feel just like a big deal, just, just like the big deal I hope to become, she said. I wore my coat for the next four years, and it was the best investment I ever made. In my coat, I worked like crazy to become as successful as I already looked. In baseball, you know what they say? You look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good, you play good, you pay good. Simple as that. I 100% understand where our girl is coming from. Don't miss. Want to be smarter and more successful with your brain? Okay, that's the end of the article. All right. Look, confidence is fucking everything. Stop apologizing. Don't, look, there's certain, if you want to apologize, and I, I have, I've had to catch myself doing this a lot too. When it's like, hey man, I'm sorry I couldn't do this, or I'm sorry about that. Am I really fucking sorry though? Uh, I don't know. I would have liked to have been there, but something else took priority. The, oh, I'm sorry, uh, it's funny because I'll bring it back to pickleball. Like, for the shots that I missed, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. Sorry. I'm like, it's just like, quit apologizing. I'm not trying to miss these shots. Right? Like, that, that's not the case. So, go ahead and take ownership of it. Be good with it. And then do everything you can to improve. And when you stop apologizing, you, you're never going to feel sorry for yourself. The issue is, we all of a sudden, as we apologize, 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 
we start to get this internal feeling of, man, maybe I'm just not worthy if I have to keep apologizing all the time. The perfect your speaking skills. I think more than anything with that is that we have to figure out a way to slow it down. And coming on here each and every single morning, a daily hustle, I have a plan of what I want to talk about and get across, whatever. But there's times where I'll deviate from that plan. I think the most important thing to me is that when I'm talking to an iPad screen for 30 to 60 minutes, I want to make sure that the conversation is real and pure. And a lot of that comes with, like our girl says, slowing everything down. And so if I'm able to do that, then I feel like that's a win. Now, the last one, if you were to ask me, I believe is the most important one. Achieve your goals. Through the course of my life, whether it was going to St. Francis, which was a big goal of mine, going to UCLA, big goal of mine, playing professional baseball, big goal of mine, doing an Ironman triathlon, big goal of mine, doing an ultramarathon, big goal of mine, doing the Western States 100, big goal of mine, doing a triathlon across the country, big goal of mine, doing or breaking the world record for most holes played in 24 hours of golf, big goal of mine. With these goals and with these achievements of those goals, we're just building confidence. We know then as individuals that we're able to go out, set our sights on something, and then fucking do it. Now, break this down even smaller than these gigantic goals. What are your daily goals? What are you trying to accomplish in a day? I wrote a list last night in the middle of the night. I woke up, I couldn't sleep, and there were certain things that I needed to get done. I'll even share it with you guys. It was a Thursday TDL. I needed to touch base with Morgan from KTT. I told Eric from KT that I would get in touch with her yesterday. I didn't do it. I had to get back to Jeff Bucky, one of our kids' dads. I had to put Sammy on the roster. I know these are little things, but put Sammy on the roster for this weekend. The DH, normally I don't do a DH on Thursday, so I was going to have to schedule and prep a DH for today. Run. Boom. Knocked it out this morning. Pickle. This is coming up after. Pack. We got to get ready to go to the Bay Area. Baseball. Plan on banging some balls later today. Getting after it with Biscuit once we get the HMB. And then Grammy's house for supper. That was a quick Thursday bucket list is basically what it was. Call it whatever you want. But as we accomplish those through the course of the day, and I'm ch- I mean, look, it's 9.15 a.m., and I basically checked off one, two, three, four, five, five items. The only thing next is pickle. So, well, it, pickle, the pickle pack baseball and Grammys. But with that, it, it's just, that's everything. Like, that, that is the way I think we all should live our lives. And it's the little goals that then 
will lead to the big ones. All right, let's get into the Major League Baseball scores from yesterday. A lot happening, by the way. Uh, the hottest news items. The Braves set a franchise record for single-season homers. This is one of the better offenses that I think we've ever seen. Uh, there's a whole article in the hottest hitting prospects. Freddie Dance sends L.A. to 24th win this month. Yeah, that's Look, Freddie Freeman needs to be in that. 100% needs to be in that MVP race. And at plus 1,200, this doesn't make any sense to me. Go to Vegas, lay it on them. Again, I think things are going to have to happen for him to get the, uh, you know, get the MVP over Acuna. Acuna's just doing shit we haven't seen before. That's the thing with him. All right. Scores from yesterday. Wednesday, August 30th. It was the Angels 10-8 over the Phillies. Bryce Harper, his 300th homer. It really is fun watching him, man. Uh, and he's, I'd say controversial, but he's not even that controversial. What's controversial about him? The only thing that was really controversial is when he came up and he was pretty arrogant. And I, I don't know how much he really, really wanted to work. That said, he played his ass off, played really hard. But this guy is great for the game of baseball. Brandon Drury, a go-ahead two-run homer for the Halos, by the way. White Sox, 10-5 over the Orioles. So the O's drop one to the Southsiders. Oscar Colas, a two-run homer for Chicago. And then Andrew Vaughn, a two-run homer as well. Good friend of the program, his 17th home run of the year. Guardians, 5-2 over the Twinkies. It was Cole Calhoun with the go-ahead homer for Cleveland, his third of the year. Cardinals 5-4 over the Padres. Padres continue to reel. Tommy Edmond, how about this? Back-to-back -back days, walk-off hits for Tommy Edmond. And this one was a walk-off ding-dong Donkey Kong, his 12th home run of the year. Cubs 3-2 over the Brewers. And it was Cody Bellinger, the go-ahead RBI single. What a fucking year he's having, man. Uh, it's so good to see someone with that much talent come back because he really went from being an MVP to almost out of the game with the numbers he was putting up. He gets a little bit of a change of scenery. He goes to Chicago, and he's been slaughtering it. Mark Cotta uh, had a homer as well. Good. I have him on my home run fantasy league team for the Brew Crew. Blue Jays, 7-0 over the Nationals. Good win for them. Nationals have been playing really well. Chris Bassett had a dominant start for the Bluebirds. And Alejandro Kirk, a two-run double for Toronto. The Reds, 4-1 over the Gigantes. Just kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. And the Giants had so much emotion with the Kyle Harrison and then Alex Cobb the next day with the almost no-hitter. It was Encarnacion Strand, the longest name in the history of Major League Baseball, longest last name, that is. A four-hit day for the Cincinnati Reds, and then T.J. Friedel had a nice diving catch as the defense continued to dominate in that series. Dominate or not dominate, whichever way you want to 
Look at it. Uh, Astros 7-4 over the Red Sox. Astros are just good, man. They're like the Dodgers. Michael Brantley, a two-run single. Good to see Michael Brantley back. Jeremy Pena, an RBI double. I mean, he missed some time, too. So the Astros are primed to make a run now in the American League West, but they're going to have competition because Seattle won again. They beat the A's 5-4. It was Hernandez, a three-run homer, his 23rd of the year, and J.P. Crawford, a two-run single for Seattle. Texas dropped a tough one to the Mets. Yeah, Araldis Chapman blew up as they gave up a run in the 10th inning. He actually hit a batter to knock in the winning run. I believe it was DJ Stewart that, yep, he plunked. And the Rangers fall. It was the Rays and Marlins. I saw it that yesterday. Holy shit. The last 28 games, the Rays have played the Marlins. You want to know what the record is? 25 and three. That's fucking insane. This is a major league team that the Marlins are putting out there. And not a terrible one either. The Marlins are a 500 team. Yet they cannot beat the Rays. That is complete and total domination in the state of Florida. Miami should be embarrassed. Or if you're the Rays, you should be proud. The A's were the Rays before the Rays. And then the Rays became the A's. And the A's have dwindled off into obscurity now at this point. But what Tampa's been able to do, now they're, they're 30 games over 500. Holy shit. I mean, Tampa's just good. I mean, let's not forget they started out of, what, 18, 19, and 0. I mean, some crazy number. Yankees, on the other hand, they've, well, they're crawling their way back to 500. They won again. They beat the Tigers. I think that's their third win in a row. Torres and Stanton went back-to-back, and Garrett Cole had seven strikeouts for the Yankees. He's been good all year. The Pirates 4-1 over the Royals. It was Jack Suwinski, a solo homer, his 22nd. I like him. Good player. And then Brian Reynolds, a solo homer, his 19th of the year for the Buccos. Braves 7-3 over the Rockies. This was a really cool moment. This kid Bynes got his first major league win, and they interviewed his mom in the stands. And she, uh, she broke down in the tears talking about his journey and how when he was five years old, he told her that he was going to be a big leader one day. And so then to watch him go out there and pitch – at Coors Field, I mean, of all places to try to make your debut, that's got to be one of the most difficult. And he ended up going six innings and gave up just two runs. A dominant performance for the kid. Uh, Orlando Arcia had a two-run homer his 16th of the year. And Ronald Acuna Jr. mentioned his defense earlier, had a nice diving catch. And then the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine last night. 7 nothing. Over the Arizona Diamondbacks. I, what the fuck is going on with the Diamondbacks? That is not pretty. It's so 
crazy how streaky they are. And I get it. Like, the Dodgers are really good. But at some point, you got to show some fight. They just got their asses kicked for three, four straight games. No bueno. Freddie Freeman, a two-run homer, is 25th of the year. We talked a lot about him. And that is your MLB day yesterday. As far as today is concerned, Thursday, the 31st of August, last day here, you're going to have the Yankees at the Tigers, the Marlins at the Nationals, the Giants at the Padres, the Braves at the Dodgers, Spencer Strider on the mound. Holy shit. The Dodgers got to be underdogs. This will be an interesting one going up against Lance Lynn. I wonder what the odds are that matchup. Let's pull up the Action website, a future sponsor of ours. Uh, odds for today. Let's go for totals here. We have hmm, the Dodgers. The OU is eight and a half. Well, I mean, that's one thing. Let's see here. Mm, there we go. Yep, they are underdogs. Minus 145. Oh, what do you do? Oh, this is a tough one. The Dodgers at home with Lance Lynn against Spencer Strider. Fuck, I'm, not, I'm taking Strider. I, I can't believe I'd lay 145 on any team against the Dodgers right now. But you got to do it. You really have to. That's how good Spencer Strider is. That's how good the Atlanta Braves are. And I'm not saying the Dodgers can't win this game. I think there's a good chance they win this game. Oh, I say good chance. I mean, like 40%. But I think there's a 60% chance that Strider goes out there and dominates. The Giants are plus 110 in San Diego. That might be a real interesting bet. Giants are getting odds right there. So we'll see if they can rebound after yesterday's loss. But they look, they had a day game. They probably got to San Diego in time to go get a nice dinner on the gas lamp district. Woke up near the beach, smell of the ocean. They'll be ready to play. Uh, the Yankees, huh, it's Schmidt against Manning today. And the people at Action, the Sharps, are saying they like Detroit at minus 108. I can't take that. Seriously? Ugh. That's a tough one. So, again, going through these matches, there's Yankees at Detroit, the Marlins at the Nationals, the Giants at the Padres, and the Braves at the Dodgers. Dude, that's four games. Is that it? I can't believe it. This is the smallest slate in the history of MLB. The Giants have yet to name a starter. Avila is going to be starting for the Padres. And then you got, let's see, Garrett's thrown for the Marlins. Adon for the Nationals. This could be an over game. And like I mentioned before, it was Schmidt against Manning. Uh, Schmidt, he's got a 4-5-1 ERA for the Yankees. Manning as a 3-9-3. I don't know. Yanks are heating up. They're underdogs. I don't know. I'd probably take the Yankees 
in that one right there. Okay, let's hit the Daily Hustle and then get on out of here. Look at this. 43 minutes in. Basically got two minutes left in the show. Nope, never mind. I have 20 seconds left in the show. We'll go a little bit over so we can hit this DH. So I sent out DHs the past two days and did not get to it yesterday. So I promised myself I would get to this one today. Bear Yourself is the name of it. If you have not signed up for the Daily Hustle, go to ericburns.com, put your name on the mailing list, and these will arrive, I don't know, anywhere between three to five days a week. Buenos dias, and this is yesterday. Happy hump day. Whenever you can work into hump day, it's a hump day. Today is Wednesday. No, it's Thursday, August 31st, 2023. And once again, we gift you a chapter of one of the most underrated and underappreciated books in the 21st century, Daily Hustle 222, Unfocal Life Guidance from a Human to Crash Test Dummy. Bear Yourself is the name of this chapter. Of course, I am looking to take risks. There are times when getting yourself in a situation when you have a brush with death brings you some very intense emotions. I learn a great deal on the search for myself, this self-exposure. I like to bear myself and face questions that it raises. Killian Jornet. For those who, of you who do not know who Killian Jornet is, you're welcome. Simply put, he may just be one of the baddest dudes to ever walk the face of the earth. Or in his case, I should probably say ski, hike, or run. Jornet grew up in a hut in Spanish Pyrenees. No TV, no video games, no internet. When he was three, he completed, he competed in his first race, a 12K cross-country ski adventure, and hadn't looked back since. When Jornet was 10, he completed a 42-day through hike of the Pyrenees. And by the time he was in his young 20s, he had won every prestigious ultramarathon in the world, including UTMB, Grand Raid, Hard Rock, Leadville, Wasatch, and Western States. In 2012, he began a project called Summits of My Life, where he would attempt to decimate the fastest known time, summiting and descending Mont Blanc, Kilimanjaro, Matterhorn, Ilbrus, Denali, Aconagua, and Everest. Jornet's first mission was Mont Blanc. On his way up, his wing dude, Stefan Brost, a world champion ski mountaineering racer, was skinning right beside Jornet when a cornice broke off between them. Brost fell 2,000 feet to his death. They had been separated by just a few feet. Tough to imagine the emotions Killian must have felt. He lost his compadre on his watch and on his adventure. He also stared death in the face and lived to tell about it. Yet, he didn't try to hide from the experience, nor did he ignore his emotions. He dealt with them head-on by doing the only thing he knows how to do, charge on. Jornet obliterated the summits one by one, culminating last year when he summited Everest twice in a week without any artificial oxygen, a feat so incomprehensible that many of Everest's and mountaineering experts have done everything in their power to try to denounce the validity of the two summits. As for Killian, he's unconcerned with the petty thoughts, opinions, and bullshit things outside of his control. He's too busy burying himself while slaughtering mountains and slaughtering life. Killian Jordan, folks, 
just a, a complete and total badass. It's amazing how many people try to question the fact that he actually did summit ever Everest twice uh, in a week. Incomprehensible feat, and I get why people might want to question it. But if you paid attention to what this fucking guy has been doing across all of his other adventures, it makes total sense. So, uh, yeah, it's those experiences that we're able to go out and chase and really kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in having a goal and then achieving that goal and what that does for our confidence. The last thing I would say, look, with confidence, I tell my kids this all the time. And this goes to the normal face games, like feet together, hands by your side, shoulders back, chest out, normal face. Our posture always is a total indication of our confidence. Walk around, chest out, shoulders back. When we're, uh, uh, it, it, it ain't working. So if nothing else, go ahead and pay attention to that today. And again, confidence isn't given to you. It's fucking earned. And it's earned by the way we carry ourselves. It's earned by our goals and our ability to go and achieve those goals. That's it. Everyone have a fantastic day. Daily Hustle back at you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.